Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 279 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show does what he loves, playing with tech and teaching Kubernetes all around the world. In fact, he has trained well over 1 million people with Docker and Kubernetes. He is also the author of Docker Deep Dive, which was rated by Book Authority as the best ever book on Docker. And his latest book is the Kubernetes book, which is being updated a couple of times a year. So welcome to the podcast, Nigel Poulton. Thanks, Phil. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. <laughs> I always feel awkward when somebody does an intro like that. It feels strange. <laughs> but it's obviously pr- pretty much a bit of an overview of what you're up to and what you're doing now. But maybe you could give us a bit of an insight into your background and how you got to where you are and, and working with Kubernetes and Docker. Cool, mate. How long do you want me to take? Because it could be a long story. <laughs> As long as it takes. Well, within reason, of course. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. So do you know what? Even as a kid, there was something about technology that appealed to me. So I had um, grew up in a home with two brothers and a sister. And we had, when I was super young, our first ever computer in the home was a Sinclair ZX Spectrum 48K. For anybody who knows it, it was the, um, well, it was a British piece of kit, actually, but it had these terrible rubber keys. Anyway, look, I digress. It was my older brother's computer, um, but nobody in the family really cared about it except me, and I wanted to program it and all that kind of stuff. And I was, I don't know, just <laughs> from the womb, probably, a bit of a geek. I, I was the one in the family that liked Star Trek and all the geeky things like that. And I really feel like that sort of directed and almost orchestrated my career decisions later on in life. Just from a young age, I loved technology and I wanted to play with it and do things with computers. And I used to dream about the things that we would see on Star Trek, like, you know, communicators and talking to computers and touchscreens and stuff like that really just was, I know it sounds super geeky, but it was the stuff that I kind of dreamt about when I went to sleep at night and um, feel almost super fortunate in a way that I live in that kind of world that I dreamt of, you know, as close as you can get to childhood dreams, right? Yes. So yeah, let me just pick up from there real quick as well, actually. So um, I managed to land my first job in technology doing, um, I really found it fun at the time, and it's kind of something I would recommend to anybody anyway, but sort of, I, I really had to start at the bottom. So I reset passwords, I changed backup tapes. And I made cups of coffee and tea for the more senior people in the team and eventually worked my uh, way up. Um, Well, I don't know if it's it's if up is the the right term there, but I sort of navigated my career from the very bottom, you know, learned all that horrible stuff that um, we kind of take for granted now that the kind of menial jobs and um, sort of navigated through loads of different areas like um, sysadmin, network admin, storage admin, coding, to the glorious world of like cloud and containers where we are today. Yes. Right. Okay. And how long have you been working in that particular area? Um, oh, I should, I should know this really. I would say six, 
six, seven years at least now. Yeah. So I, I got involved with Docker um, pretty heavy on around Docker version 0.9, but I did play around with it a little bit before that. Um, and I think I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Kubernetes came out in 2014 and I was on it a couple of years before that. So yeah, a while, but you know what? I love it so much that it feels like five minutes and that's the way, I don't know. I mean, I'm super fortunate, right? But I feel that's the way that life should be. You know, you're enjoying stuff so much that time flies. Well, that's good to hear. Definitely. <laughs> so Nigel, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Um, yeah, so I would say to anybody now, look, I, I spend most of my time these days teaching people about containers and technology. So I suppose my tip is going to be focused towards learning by default, right? Yep. But I would say to every, everybody, don't be afraid to try and learn new stuff. Um, I come across people all the time when we're doing, well, it's live streams now, but it will be in-face trainings and things in the past where people they they almost they want to learn something you can see that they want to and it's maybe in a corporate environment and there's a bunch of people there from the team or their wider organization and quite often people have almost a nervousness to expose themselves to something new in case they find it hard and i find myself constantly saying to people i mean look i've published books and i've got all these video training courses and trained so many people that people automatically think i know everything which i don't yeah, And they automatically think, well, I don't know. I feel like they automatically think I was born knowing containers and I wasn't <laughs> like I had to start at the very bottom, like everybody else does. And it was really hard for me. I found the learning curve steep and challenging and I made mistakes all the time, but that's the only route really to learning something. So my advice would be, don't be afraid to try something new and make mistakes with it and look a bit daft in front of your teammates sometimes, because do you know what? We all do. Well, I would say 99% of us probably find learning something new hard. Um, just don't be afraid of it. Yeah, I, th I think there's probably multiple reasons why people are afraid. I think you've touched on a few there, but um, I know for, my, for myself that sometimes it's a case of, you. yes, you want to do it, and then you're almost afraid to start because you think it might be too difficult or th there may be other reasons that you come up with yourself just to stop yourself actually tackling something new. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nigel, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Yeah, so um, I don't know. This is probably similar for a lot of people, okay? But as part of my career, um, quite a lot of years ago, um, I'd been on the road a lot and it was quite stressful family-wise and it was just quite stressful on my own body and my relationships with my kids and stuff like that. So I decided that I would take a local IT job, and, and I mean like super local. Now, I live in the north of England, and most of the good challenging IT jobs, at least at the time, okay, were in London, which was quite far away from where I live. Um, so I took something super local and super simple, and I wasn't under any financial pressure or anything like that. And I really thought, you know, I could just go into this job and it would just be a breeze. And my wife warned me against it, actually, because she knows that I like challenges and that I thrive on them. And I've always, I don't know, I always feel like I want to be learning something new and exciting. But I took this local job for, and I'm doing air quotes here, right? But for all of what felt like were the right reasons for my family and for my health and stuff like that. Um, but the job was just 
awful for me. Now, this wouldn't be the case for everybody. I do understand that. But for me, it really was like, I don't know, about a week into the job, I could almost hardly face going into work because the days would be so long because there just wasn't anything there challenging me. It was monotonous and it was boring. um, And it, it like not in a super big way. Don't get me wrong here, because I understand that mental health and things like that are a real serious issue. And and I'm not belittling the, um, that kind of condition in any way. Okay. But it was just, it really, it did affect my mental health. It affected my relationships at home and stuff. So I took something that was just, it was too easy for me and it wasn't a challenge. And I thought that it would make life easy. I'd have all this spare time with our family time and stuff. And it really didn't work like that. So if you are like me in any way, and you feel like you need a challenge all the time and you enjoy learning new things and, and pushing yourself, um, make sure that you pick the right jobs that are like that because it can be super hard on you if you just like pick something. Hey, you know, I'll, I'll almost go into semi-retirement. Nice, easy local job. Just didn't work for me. Yeah. I presume you you have to know your values on that on that basis. In other words, you need to understand how you would evaluate a potential opportunity and whether it actually meets your needs and your expectations. Yeah. Like my wife warned me against it. Even when I did the interviews, they were saying to me, look, you're like super overqualified for this. And I made the rookie mistake, I think, of being like, there's no such thing as overqualified. It just means I'll find the job easy and I'll be able to do a great job for you. Uh, And I, I, I wasn't able to do a great job for them. It was really hard. Okay. So moving away from your worst moment, Nigel, can you tell us about your career highlight to date? Uh, Yeah, okay. So um, there isn't one specific thing, and this is going to sound really cheesy coming from me, okay? Um, But there's a bit of a backstory to it, which we'll probably come to in one of the later questions, actually. So I'll park the backstory for later. But um, so I write books and I create video training courses. That's what I do for my like bread and butter career. That's like, you know, my nine to five. Um, and genuinely, every time I publish a new book or a new, up, like a major update to a book or a new video course, I get such a buzz out of it. And because I've effectively created something out of nothing, if you will, it be that a book or a video, right? There was nothing there at the beginning. I've had these ideas in my head. I put a lot of work into it and I publish something. And, and it's, I get such a buzz out of that. Um, and I'm really fortunate in that way that, you know, I'm producing new, either new books or new video courses or updates several times a year. So I get that kind of career highlight and buzz moment two or three times each year at the moment. Um, and if I was going to go even super cheesier, I'd say anytime somebody reaches out to me and says, you know, I really found your book amazing for my career or a value to me. Um, that's like a soup. And, and that happens regularly. Um, but it, every time it's such a super career highlight for me. Yes. So, so generating something from scratch and it's your own ideas and your own output that gives you that sort of lift, if you like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I say to my wife and to friends and associates sometimes, you know, I'm not a techie. I mean, I am, but I I say, I'm not a techie. I'm an artist because I create something and something that connects with people like, don't get me wrong, not like some super famous painting or anything, but we'll come to this later. Like there was a particular book in my early career that really connected with me and was a Kickstarter for my career. And ever since reading that, I wanted to do something like that and give something back. 
So anytime I create something and I get, you know, feedback from people, it's just a buzz for me and I love it. Great. Okay, good. Okay. Um, so Nigel, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? Yeah. So if we just wind back to what we said at the very beginning, where I said, you know, I'd go to bed dreaming about Star Trek and communicators and touchscreen computers and talking to computers and stuff. Um, I look at the tech world today. And if you take your smartphone that you have in your pocket, right, um, it's way better than that communicator, you know, the beam me up Scotty type thing that I used to dream of. So like, I don't know, Star Trek's based so many years in the future, yet here we are, uh, I don't know, 30, 35 years on from where I was as a child dreaming of this stuff, and we've already got better, right? And I feel like we're just at the at a tipping point almost, or we're scratching the surface, I don't know, um, of even cooler and more exciting things to come. So the things that excite me for the future are the fact that the things that I dreamt of are a lot of them are already here, but they're better than how I imagined them. And I just see it snowballing further forward that, you know, in the next 10 years, 15 years, the um, the possibility, <laughs> super cheesy, right? But the possibilities are almost unlimited. Um, I mean, I don't work with smartphones or anything like that, but the technologies that we work with now and the way that we reach into people's lives and can, can potentially improve people's lives. Um, and I don't just mean work, but I mean, you know, every charitable organization out there has a load of technology behind it. And um, healthcare and all this stuff has amazing technology behind it. Now, it might, <laughs> it might not be Docker and Kubernetes in particular, but just technology in general, like the things that we get in in modern hospitals and things now. We're, we're just like, we're living this dream, but it's better than I ever imagined it. Yes, I think you're right. I think you touched on some some good points there, and I think obviously the the the, the one key thing about it is that we just don't know what the future is going to hold, and therefore what the opportunities might be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Uh oh, <laughs> I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, what first attracted you to a career in IT? Oh yeah, well, so. I think that was what I said at the very beginning, that Sinclair ZX Spectrum 48K um, and then the Commodore 64 and then the Atari ST and then the Commodore Amiga and things like that, that as a kid, um, I just fell in love with them. And I was like, yeah, I've said before, okay, I was the geek and I'd go to WH Smith's or, you know, whatever the news agency is in your country. And I'd be, instead of buying, I did buy the football or soccer magazines as well. But I'd be buying like the computer magazines that had the code listings in them and stuff and taking them home and trying to write programs and stuff. So it, it's those early things that I fell in love with and dreamt about working with them in the future and feel like super privileged or blessed or, or whatever you want to refer to it as that, that I'm living that <laughs> living that dream now. <laughs> and what is the best career advice you've ever received? Um, so I, I, I might put two questions into one here, right? Do you mind if I say my best and worst? Because I feel like it's the same thing, okay, right? Yeah. Um, so I was fortunate that my dad bought me um, a PC when I was about, gosh, I'm terrible with dates, but maybe I was 14 or something like that. It was, a, we used to call it an IBM compatible PC back then, right? But it was built by a local guy 
It was a 386 SX33 with half a megabyte of RAM and a 40 megabyte hard drive. Now, it wasn't necessarily career advice, but I've applied it to my career, okay? Um, when we went to collect that PC when it was built, um, my dad was real old school, never understood computers all of his life, um, but he was super keen that we were getting a good deal from the guy, and he was telling me, oh, it's, you know, it's got this and it's got that, and when he mentioned the 40 meg hard drive, he said to me, never in my life would I fill a 40 megabyte hard drive, which is utterly, yeah, it's utterly laughable right now. Um, but I was able to take that subliminally probably forward into my career and say, do you know what? The world of technology moves so fast that I can never sit back and truly relax and think I've nailed it. You know, I've got a comfortable career. Um, I'll just sit and do this for the rest of my life. Not that I would want to, okay, and I'm fortunate that I wouldn't want to. I'd, otherwise, I wouldn't be a good fit for the tech for a tech career, right? Um, but I took that as like some shocking advice, um, meant in a in a nice way from him. Don't get me wrong, but it turned out, you know, in the long run, to be really good advice. Does that make sense? It does. It does. That's fine. <laughs> right. So, if you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? Um. So, well, I guess I've got three daughters. They are, I've got to get this right. They are, <laughs> they are 9, 11, and 14, okay? Um, and I'm encouraging them to, to learn the base skills of like maths and problem solving, okay? But more specific in, in the tech world, um, I'm encouraging them to learn to code because I feel like that's the fundamental of, of anything in IT, and especially as we go forward. Um, fortunately, I started my career out doing coding. I don't do it now, but it's been such a super base for me to build on. So I'm encouraging my daughters to learn how to code. Now, they don't have to be great coders, but I'm talking about the principles of logic and problem solving and things like that that are part and parcel of what writing code is about. So I would suggest to anybody, I'm not saying you need to be a developer, but learn at least the fundamentals of writing code and then do what I, but, but approach it from the angle that I was kind of forced to approach my career from, you know, starting at the very bottom, making the cups of tea for people, changing the backup tapes, resetting passwords, like try not to skip the, the fundamentals. Like maybe if you come out of university with a degree, first class honors or whatever it is, right. And, um, want to go into a job at like, a, I don't know, not at the bottom. And that's really hard not to do, okay? Because you want to get more money and you want to skip things. But I just feel like skipping things is not good. So I would say learn to code at the basics and don't skip the fundamentals because I think it'll bite you later on if you don't understand the like the low-level grunt work. Yeah? Yes. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Definitely having those fundamentals in place is essential. Yeah. And what career objectives have you or are you currently focusing on yourself? Right. So um, because I write books and I, I create video courses, I'm, I really want to be able to have a personal portfolio of content, books and videos, that can take people almost from zero to hero. I know that sounds awful, okay? But I want to be able to, to reach people that are starting at the very bottom and enthusiastic about it and simplify it all for them. But then not have to say, you know, once they've reached a, a sort of modicum of, 
of expertise, I'm talking about a low level here, have to hand them over to like Google and the internet and say, well, you're on your own now. Now, don't get me wrong, that's not bad because I think once you're bootstrapped into a technology, you're in a, a better position to then take it forward yourself. And, and that's, a, I, I encourage that actually, you know, go and take your own steps and learn. But I would love to have a more complete portfolio where I can literally, you know, take somebody from knowing nothing from zero, let's just say all the way up to 60 or 70 miles an hour or 120 kilometers an hour, whatever that is, I don't know, um, without having any gaps in that portfolio. So that's what I'm trying to work on at the moment to reach as many people as I can um, and and just help as many people as I can. Yeah. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Um, well, I, th- I think so on the video training side of things, and people will maybe disagree with me a lot here, okay? Um, but I've had a lot of positive feedback about this, okay? Um, I think my accent has kind of helped <laughs> yeah. um, people connect with me and help me be recognizable to people. Um, and then if I was going to pick something else as well, it's super cheesy, but I, I would probably say my passion for it because that comes across in my delivery style in books and videos. So you combine that with my yeah. accent and you, you get like almost, uh, and this is not hubris, it really isn't, but you get a sort of Nigel experience. And anybody that's taken my videos knows what I mean about that. Um, so yeah, maybe my accent. Well, your personality as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's all combined. Yeah. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? Well, I'm really fortunate that I enjoy the technologies that I work with. And I'm in a position where I can choose which technologies to work with. So cloud and containers and Kubernetes and stuff for me, right, is like, well, if I, if I could be anything, I'd be a footballer, soccer. That's, I mean, that was never going to happen, never is. Um, but my second choice would always to be what I'm doing now. So I'm fortunate that just because I love it, and um, but oh, actually, here's a, here's something that I, I absolutely do do to energize my career. Um, I still watch things like so. I read a lot of sci-fi and I watch a lot of sci-fi, Star Trek, and a bunch of other stuff because that still gets me pumped up for all the technology and the cool stuff that's used in there to um, to to get back to the grind and write another chapter for a book or something. Because when I was about 17 years old, I was doing a night class at a local. Um, sixth form college in the UK. It's like, I don't know what it is, um, 16 to 18 years old, learning to program C. And I would watch Star Trek The Next Generation on BBC Two at six o'clock, right before I'd have to leave the house and run to college to program C. And some some Wednesdays, I wasn't excited to go to the night class, but I'd watch Star Trek and it'd be Geordie LaForge and Data and people fixing the ship and the warp drive and stuff. And it would suddenly get me pumped to go to night school. And I can still do that now by reading sci-fi books and watching sci-fi actually pumps me to, to get rocking and rolling with uh, Docker and Kubernetes. Right. I've got to ask this question just because it occurred to me. Given you watch so much Star Trek and they love analogies, is that something you use in your own training? Or honestly it's littered with stuff like that that's part of that nigel experience i bring in as much of that sci-fi stuff from star trek and the wider sci-fi community into my video training courses and books all the time (laughs) good great to hear and what do you do in your spare time away from technology um 
So, well, I have three kids, so I spend a lot of time with the family and kids and I'm involved in what they do at school and what they do in extracurricular activities. Like, just as an example, my middle daughter, she's um, 11 and she plays a lot of football or soccer um, and I coach her under 11's team. Um, so the, there's the usual, like, heavy family stuff. Um, as well, though, well, I really like cars. Um, but do you know what? So I'm not a big person for actually writing down goals and making goals at the beginning of the year. Like my wife loves to set New Year's resolutions and things. And it's not something that I'm at all passionate about. And I, and I always avoid it. But this year I made one goal. And that one goal was to watch more TV because I'd overworked myself in the past. Um, so I've I've watched a lot more TV this year, probably more TV this year than I have done in the last five years combined. And that has been so refreshing to me. And of course, it's mainly sci-fi and stuff like that. So that's a big thing that I'm doing yes. in my spare time now. Right. Okay. Uh, Nigel, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? Um, yeah. Like, I think probably just what I said before, don't skip the fundamentals and don't be afraid to learn new stuff. I feel very much that we live in a golden age of learning technology these days. Like if I wind the clock back to when I was doing my, uh, excuse me, if I wind the clock back to when I was doing my MCSE in Windows NT4 and I had to go to my boss and beg to borrow a massive old compact PC that was uh, had one of those huge monitors. You remember the big heavy square block thing, you know, needed yep. a team of three people to lift <laughs> yes. them. Had that in the corner of my bedroom with a bunch of floppy disks and then CDs to build and play around with stuff. It, that's like horrific compared to what we have now. You just build, throw something up on the cloud and trash it and rebuild it and learn. So we live in this golden age of technology. So learn the fundamentals and don't be afraid to learn. And, you know, the, the sky's almost your limit then. Yes. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Um, yeah, so I, am pretty much Nigel Poulton everywhere on the internet. So I'm at Nigel Poulton on Twitter. Um, I'm slash Nigel Poulton on LinkedIn. Um, my website is nigelpoulton.com. Um, I'm at Nigel Poulton on GitHub. So I'm, I'm moderately easy to find. Um, and I am on most of the social platforms. Um, I, I love to talk about technology on those platforms um, and I would say, that, like, I never really, I don't talk about my personal life or stuff like that, really. It's always technology and it's always sci-fi. Um, so, yeah. Excellent. Okay. Nigel, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, absolute pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. Hi, Phil here again. Now, if you thought about being a guest on a show yourself, or you have somebody in mind that might be a good guest, please do let me know. You can reach me on Twitter where I'm at Field Tech Career, or you can find me on LinkedIn, or you can even contact me through the website, which is itcareerenergizer.com. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.